Hi, David Mayer. This is For the Record Program number 1238. How many lies before you belong to the lie? Part 11. This is being recorded on April 1st of the year 2022. I guess... um, This being April Fool's Day, we can all uh, contemplate the extent to which we're being fooled. I think before we get into the subject material, which is going to involve lying and uh, deliberate, weaponized media coverage, in a sense, uh, we are all being treated to a brutal and lethal and ongoing April Fool's joke, uh, three quick links. Now, these are at the top of each written, uh, uh, for the record description on the SpitfireList.com website. I put a long written description for each for the record program. And, uh, that is basically so that listeners can peruse the printed sources upon which this admittedly consummately pedantic program, uh, is based. Uh, at the top of each food for thought description on the SpitfireList.com website, and at the top of each, at the top of each for the record description, and at the top of each food for thought post, there are three links. Now, one of those links will enable you to subscribe to the comments, most of which are made by our brilliant contributing editor, Carol Fractal, some of which are made by other intelligent listeners. Uh, the second link will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts of, for the record, uh, Sister Station WFMU is podcasting for the record, so if podcasts are the best way for you to consume the program, and in our media environment that is increasingly the case, then Sister Station WFMU, William Fred Mary Union, is podcasting the For the Record program. And last but certainly not least, the third link will enable you to obtain the 32-gigabyte flash drive with all of the audio and printed work I've done over my roughly 43 years on the air through the uh, late fall of 2021. The flash drive also includes a library of old anti-fascist books on the easy-to-download PDF files. So uh, I can't recommend strongly enough that listeners get that flash drive. I could not be more pessimistic about uh, the future. I'm not exactly doing a varsity rag about the present, to tell you the truth. Uh, no one knows exactly what lies in the future. Again, I am extremely pessimistic. I think we are at the twilight of our civilization, and I think the possibility of a third world war, and ultimately I think the extinction of our civilization uh, looms. I think the possibility of a third world war is enormous and growing, and the even if there is not a third world war as such, the possibility 
of our civilization coming to an end. I'll be tackling the issue of climate change before too much longer. I'm afraid it is being done deliberately, and uh, we will talk about that. So please do get the 32-gigabyte flash drive. That will enable you to be, in effect, a repository for the information that I have been presenting now for the better part of half a century at uh, basically no profit for myself. By the way, speaking of the same, uh, I'm also in the process of initiating a Patreon site. Uh, there will be links to that, uh, again, at the top of each written for the record description and at the, the, the top of the front page and at the top of each Food for Thought post. Uh, this will enable me to sort of stretch out and it will be a much more uh, informal presentation. Uh, it also, though, will be certainly uh, based upon the hard published documentation uh, that my effort relies on. However, this will be, uh, again, a more informal presentation. There will also be many more uh, Patreon presentations. I will still be doing the uh, one for the record broadcast and written description each week. I've been doing more than that since the war in Ukraine started, this being the uh, second program recorded this week. But the Patreon presentations will be much uh, more frequent and more informal. Uh, they will lie behind a modest paywall because I, uh, <laughs> precisely because I've worked without pay for uh, the better part of half a century. I cannot afford to retire. And uh, so I've got to uh, uh, do something to put uh, a roof, keep a roof over my head and food on the table. The uh, Patreon talks also will have uh, written transcriptions, and I'm going to be working out a uh, f means of having uh, f users of that periodically feed questions that I can uh, do my best to answer. Uh, there won't be a live phone-in session. I think that's a waste of time, frankly. I think most callers to talk shows are simply calling to hear the sound of their own voice. Rather than seeking either to learn or to present information, they are seeking confirmation of their beliefs, fears, prejudices, uh, what have you. But I do think that a means of having uh, the audience feedback and present questions is desirable. So uh, I will present links to the Patreon site at the top of each Food for Thought uh, post and each written for the record description. Now, uh, again, this is April Fool's Day and uh, very sadly, very tragically, I think, we are all, in a sense, being played as uh, April Fools, although this particular brutal April Fools joke has been going on <laughs> since uh, late February and the beginning of the war in Ukraine and uh, on up through March, and is resulting in some brutal, brutal misinformation. Uh, 
in our last program, I spoke about uh, the difference between what we can discern is going on in the Ukraine war and what a purposefully weaponized and consequently distorted media presentation is offering up to us. We spoke about, uh, or rather we presented a very important article in Newsweek magazine by Bill Arkin in which some Pentagon and DIA analysts, uh, including uh, former Air Force officers, who spoke on condition of anonymity because they have access to classified information, presented a pretty detailed analysis of the difference between what we have been told where Russia is going all out to, you know, bomb civilian targets and kill innocent civilians, etc., etc., and uh, what actually appears to be going on. Uh, the uh, Russian military involvement in Ukraine is indeed uh, limited in nature. It is difficult to figure out exactly what is going on with the deliberate distortions. And indeed, as we have looked at the weaponized coverage, uh, discerning the truth on the ground is past the point uh, very difficult, or if not impossible, uh, we are not, Russia is not, I should say, going out, uh, going all out to kill civilians, blah, 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 blah. I believe the Russian claim that they would, did not intend on uh, capturing and occupying major cities is probably accurate, simply due to the uh, small number of troops that they committed, uh, roughly 150,000. I was... Uh, skeptical that Russia would actually invade for the simple reason that Ukraine, uh, being, well, aside from the fact that our media live like looks, but uh, Ukraine is roughly the same size as Texas, and 150,000 troops simply is not enough for an all-out invasion and the systematic capture of urban centers, which is an extremely uh, costly and bloody uh, undertaking. We have spoken about uh, not only some of uh, the Russian war aims to prevent a Ukrainian offensive on the ethnically Russian breakaway portions of Lukansk and Donetsk province. There were 125,000, according to uh, one credible report, Ukrainian forces uh, poised at the border of the Lukansk, or the Donetsk Republic, I should say. Uh, that's almost as many as were uh, poised on the borders of Ukraine. We, we should note, too, in passing that the media claim of the, you know, the badly outnumbered Ukrainian army is not the case in Ukraine proper. They outnumber the Russians. Uh, certainly the Russian army has superior weaponry. Uh, exactly what is going on, I do not think that the military campaign has gone the way the Russians planned. However, uh, from what I can see, some of the deliberate restraint 
that they have exercised contrary to uh, the hysterical and propagandized, weaponized media coverage has in fact cost them casualties. Uh, we went into that in, in some detail in our last program. Uh, they have not attacked many targets that they otherwise might have and, and achieved uh, a greater degree of air superiority out of an apparent reluctance to uh, inflict unnecessary civilian casualties. Again, this is contrary to what we have been told. In addition to preventing a, in all probability, lethal, altogether lethal Ukrainian government attack on the ethnically Russian Lukansk and Donetsk uh, regions, the breakaway regions, uh, the Ukrainian intent to either join NATO, that's in the Ukrainian constitution, or to uh, renege on the Budapest Accords in which, through which uh, Ukraine gave up the nuclear weapons uh, it was in possession of from the Soviet era. Uh, basically, Zelensky and Ukraine said either NATO membership or nukes. Uh, we noted that the large number of, of uh, nuclear reactors in Ukraine, uh, produces, of course, uh, they produce, of course, nuclear waste. One of the components of, of uh, reactor waste is plutonium, which can be separated and then turned into one of the optimum fuels for nuclear warheads. Ukraine has the technical capability to do that, left over from the Soviet period, and they also have uh, aircraft and short-range missiles to deliver nuclear weapons into Russia. The coverage of uh, Russian combat activity around nuclear sites has uh, been hysterical and making out, you know, the Russians to be you know, crazy, stupid, you know, barbarians risking uh, this, that, and the other thing. Certainly it is scary. Uh, however, in light of the Ukrainian will to either join NATO or make nuclear weapons, uh, and I would point out that if they're able to join NATO, they could then make nuclear weapons with impunity because if, the, if Russia were to attack, that would draw a response from NATO under Article, uh, I believe it's Article 5. Uh, one of the things that we are going to talk about uh, still further is the apparent ongoing dual-use biological program under not only Pentagon auspices, but apparently involving uh, initiatives that were made by Hunter Biden to basically establish a dual-use biological presence funded by Pentagon and Pentagon contractors uh, that may very well be exactly what Russia says it is, which is a biological warfare uh capability. Uh, this chillingly overlaps the relationships that I have spoken about in the long series that I call the Oswald Institute of Virology, and before that, the BioPsyop Apocalypse Now series about the coronavirus pandemic. We are going to uh, get into some of that discussion. Also, I want to remind you that we have spoken about the Invasion basically as a trap. Uh, I, this is something that I think the West 
very much wanted and intended, and I believe this is a uh, European recap or iteration of the Afghanistan gambit from the late 70s and 80s, in which Jimmy Carter National Security Advisor Bigneff Brzezinski put together a covert operation to lure the Soviet Union into invading Afghanistan, pinned them down in a long and costly guerrilla war, which was one of the factors that led to the downfall of the former Soviet Union. This was a uh, stated intent. Uh, Brzezinski was hoping to, quote, give them their Vietnam, speaking of the Soviet Union. His son, Ian Brzezinski, is a key player in the Atlantic Council, a right-wing think tank, which is uh, funded in part by the OUN milieu. Uh, this past week, uh, or really uh, was... was um, Technically, I guess, uh, the week before, uh, Joe Biden, I can't say spilled the beans because a lot of people besides viewers truly have been talking about the, uh, war as basically an attempt at recapping the Afghanistan gambit. It is a, the ultimate goal of the West's trap for Russia and for President Putin is regime change in Moscow, and uh, Biden spilled the beans on that and then, you know, tried to walk that back, but that, it, it is hardly a secret. The goal, basically, is to affect regime change in Moscow. I think that uh, the kicker, so to speak, for Putin was the biological warfare program overlapping the elements involved in the Oswald Institute of Virology Gambit. We'll talk about those more later. Uh, the U.S. and its allies have already proved, the U.S. chiefly, have already proved that they will use biological warfare. Uh, that basically is what the SARS-CoV-2 uh, COVID-19 pandemic is. And but with facilities in Ukraine overlapping the Oswald Institute of Virology dynamic, we'll talk about that later, uh, I think that uh, Putin's thinking was very possibly correctly, well, we're banned if we do and banned if we don't. But if we do, we may at least have a chance of survival. If they don't, uh, three things happen. Uh, Ukraine invades and uh, devastates uh, the ethnic Russians in the Donetsk Republic. Uh, they join NATO. They develop nuclear weapons. And you've got a biological warfare uh, capability right over the border. I think that the BW potential was the kicker for Putin. I think that was the thing that convinced him that he had to go in. It remains to be seen if the regime change goal turns out to be successful. Uh, if, for example, uh, if it should turn out to be successful, I'm sure the West will try to uh, put in a free market uh, bizarre for their own interests in Russia, kind of like uh, Boris Yeltsin. 
uh, and his regime. It, it's funny to me to see uh, all of the invective about Putin being a dictator and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, shortly after uh, Yeltsin took over in Russia, and with Jeffrey Sachs, Bernie Sanders' top, one of his top economic advisors, uh, someone who is viewed by the Russians as a probable CIA officer. I think that is a very strong possibility. And interestingly, interestingly enough, this American economics professor, again, a top economic advisor to Bernie Sanders, a member of the Sanders Institute, was tabbed by the Lancet, a prestigious British medical and scientific journal, to head up their panel to determine the origin of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the COVID pandemic. It's interesting because uh, Jeffrey Sachs has no scientific credentials, scientific or medical credentials whatsoever. Why the Lancet would have selected him is a head-scratcher. If, for the sake of example, he is, as the Russians have alleged, and as I suspect, CIA, and if, as the research in the Oswald Institute of Virology series strongly suggests uh, that uh, COVID-19 is, in fact, the application of BW using contemporary CRISPR-9 technology, then uh, Jeffrey Sachs' position makes a lot of sense. But when the disastrous economic policies of Jeffrey Sachs began to kick in, and when uh, Russia was headed back to the Stone Age economically, uh, the Russian Duma, the parliament, voted to rescind the dicta- temporary dictatorial powers uh, that were granted to Boris Yeltsin. He then uh, awarded, re-awarded himself those dictatorial powers, called in troops, and attacked, uh, after, before calling in troops, the Russian parliament, the Duma, voted 636 to 2 to impeach Boris Yeltsin. He then called in troops, uh, attacked the parliament building, set it on fire, and killed hundreds of people and wounded about a thousand. And yet, Boris Yeltsin not only received approval from Bill Clinton in the U.S. to do that, but he later received a lot of support for his 1996 re-election campaign. It's interesting to contrast uh, Boris Yeltsin's outright dictatorial and murderous policies toward parliamentary and constitutional democracy in Russia with the way Putin is treated by our weaponized media. But our media are indeed weaponized. One of the things that scares the fresh fertilizer out of me is to watch the distorted, hysterical, and purposefully weaponized media coverage pushing us uh, ever closer to uh, a possible Third World War. One of the f- factors about Russia's military is Russia spends a twelfth uh, as much as the U.S. on its military. The U.K. spends more on its military. One of the uh, results of that is that uh, nuclear weapons, uh, albeit initially small ones, uh, factor into the Russian military operational capabilities at a much earlier stage uh, than they would in the U.S., I think that is extremely dangerous. And uh, with the, again, uh, just Orwellian hysteria that is uh, being drummed up in the U.S. and uh, in the West, uh, along with the just 
boldface, outright Orwellian lying, well, it scares the fresh fertilizer out of me. Uh, the title of this program, this series, How Many Lies Before You Belong to the Lie, uh, comes from the brilliant late political comedian Mort Saul in his Heartland autobiography published in 1976. He observed, quote, how many lies before you belong to the lie? And uh, indeed, if this continues to spin out of control, we may just find out to our great dismay and our demise, ultimately. Uh, recall Hitler's observation, paraphrasing slightly, in Mein Kampf, that, quote, most people tell little lies, they would be ashamed to tell big ones. They would never credit others with such great impudence as the complete reversal of facts. Even explanations would long leave them in doubt and hesitation, as any trifling detail would dispose them to accept the thing as true. All good liars know this, and therefore stop at nothing to achieve this end. We uh, deserve a, uh, I should say, we owe a tip of the hat to the anonymous uh, Pentagon and DIA analysts uh, who contributed to the Bill Arkin Newsweek article. Uh, there was coverage of that in uh, an article that appeared uh, on Consortium News of March 23rd of 2022 after talking about that Bill Arkin article in Newsweek. Uh, this article by Joe Loria, the editor of Consortium News, Pentagon drops truth bomb to stave off war with Russia. And uh, then after talking about the Bill Arkin article that we used in our last program, this article reads again, Consortium News, March 23rd, 2022. The second article directly undermines Biden's dramatic warning about a false flag chemical attack. Reuters reported, quote, The United States has not seen any concrete indications of an imminent Russian chemical or biological weapons attack in Ukraine, but is closely monitoring streams of intelligence for them, a senior U.S. defense official said, unquote. It quoted the Pentagon official as saying, quote, There is no indication that there is something imminent in that regard right now, unquote. Neither the New York Times nor the Washington Post published the Reuters article, which appeared in the more obscure U.S. News and World Report. Never let the facts get in the way of a good story, even if it could lead to the most devastating consequences in history. One of the things that we spoke about uh, last week, we concluded with uh, uh, not only discussion of the destruction of the theater in Mariupol, a city now occupied militarily entirely by the Azov Regiment, the Nazi Regiment, uh, the destruction of the drama theater in Mariupol appears to have been a provocation. However, it has been mercilessly flogged with enormous contradictions in the various accounts by Western media. And we took a look at a BBC specialist named Arisha Kimiak, K-H-I-M-I-A-K. I'm probably butchering that and other Ukrainian pronunciations in this presentation. Uh, she has been retained by the BBC to uh, present us with, quote, truth, unquote, and as that Gray Zone article uh, by uh, Max Blumenthal points out, 
Uh, the BBC has essentially uh, become an arm of British intelligence and an outright propaganda vehicle from that article. The BBC's Secret Information Warfare Initiative had turned the network into an arm of British intelligence, operating as an actor in a foreign conflict which its broadcast media arm was simultaneously claiming to cover in an objective manner. Now, the BBC has shed any pretense of objectivity by hiring an overtly nationalist Ukrainian public relations operative to shape its coverage of one of the most heavily disputed incidents in a war filled with cynical deceptions. Well, uh, yes, indeed. And uh, uh, a couple of weeks in, uh, I believe it was a further record program, 12.35, we spoke about forecasts by a uh, British intelligence expert named Hamish, H-A-M-I-S-H, the Breton Gordon, that uh, Russian, quote, false flag, unquote, biological warfare uh, incidents might be generated. This after talking about the uh, Pentagon biological programs in Ukraine, of course, meant to be uh, defensive, unquote, only as I pointed out. The distinction between offensive and defensive biological warfare research is entirely academic. If you're studying how microorganisms infect, sicken, and or kill plants animals or humans, it is the same research. You're you're investigating the same processes and the same vectors, how they get there, how they infect, and what they do. Uh, Chillingly, that aforementioned Hamish to Breton Gordon is not only now uh, sounding the same sorts of alarms about uh, Russian false flag chemical attacks in Ukraine, but he did something very similar in Syria. And uh, that was covered in an excellent article, again in the gray zone of March 24th, 2020. By the way, that is a, a publication's uh, name, not, not uh, an aesthetic uh, <laughs> characterization on my part. From the gray zone of March 24th of 2022 by Kit Klarenberg, British intelligence operatives' involvement in Ukraine crisis signals false flag attacks, false flag attacks, Ahead, and again, it's about uh, Breton Hamish de Breton Gordon. Some of the key excerpts in that Grey Zone article read as follows: Almost as soon as Obama implemented his ill-fated red line policy, vowing an American military response if the Syrian army attacked the Western-backed opposition with chemical weapons. Al-Qaeda-aligned opposition factions came forth with claims of mass casualty sarin and chlorine bombings of civilians. The result was a series of U.S.-U.K. missile strikes on Damascus and a prolonged crisis that merely triggered the kind of disastrous regime change war that had destabilized Iraq and Libya. In each major chemical weapons event, signs of staging and deception by the armed Syrian opposition were present. As a former U.S. ambassador in the Middle East told journalist Charles Glass, the, quote, red line, unquote, was an open invitation to a false flag operation. Elements of deception, 
were especially clear in the April 7th, 2018 incident in the city of Duma, D-O-U-M-A, when an anti-government militia on the brink of defeat claimed civilians had been massacred in a chlorine attack by the Syrian army. Veteran inspectors from the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, the OPCW, found no evidence that the Syrian army had carried out, carried out any separate pack. However, one more time, veteran inspectors from the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons found no evidence that the Syrian army had carried out any separate pack, however, suggesting the entire incident had been staged to trigger Western intervention. Their report was subsequently censored by organization management, and the inspectors were subjected to a campaign of smears and intimidation. Throughout the Syrian conflict, a self-proclaimed chemical warrior, unquote, named Hamish Gibretton Gordon, was intimately involved in numerous chemical weapons deceptions that sustained the war and ratcheted up pressure for Western military intervention. This February 24th, after Russia's military entered Ukraine, the Breton Gordon surfaced again in British media to claim that Russia was preparing, was, was, uh, preparing, one more time, the page stuck it one more time, uh, the February 24th, this February 24th, just moments after Russia's military entered Ukraine, the Breton Gordon surfaced again in British media to claim that Russia was preparing a chemical attack on Ukrainian civilians. He has since demanded that Ukrainians be provided with a guide he wrote called How to Survive a Chemical Attack. Within just three hours, he, Breton Gordon, had that three hours of the uh, Russian invasion, had a fiery op-ed prepared for the Guardian demanding the U.S. and Europe, quote, show their steel in the face of Putin's aggression, unquote, warning that Vladimir Putin was, quote, much more willing to face off with NATO than before, the Breton Gordon charged that the West, quote, stood back and watched in Syria, and it, quote, must not do the same in Ukraine, unquote. Syria shows what happens when you turn a blind eye and are too heavily influenced by peaceniks, unquote, the Breton Gordon fulminated. Those of us involved in interventions in Iraq and Afghanistan over the past 30 years, we look at Syria and know we should have done better. That knowledge should inform our response to Putin's aggression now. In reality, Washington and its allies did not stand back and watch in Syria. It waged a decade-long proxy war employing jihadist paramilitaries and airstrikes on Damascus, then occupied oil-producing portions of the country and subjected its citizens to crippling sanctions, which to this day deprived them of food, electricity, and vital medical supplies. Of all people, Breton Gordon, whose Twitter profile once identified him as a member of the 77th Brigade, the British Army's official psychological warfare division, is uniquely placed to know of these horrors. After all, he played a pivotal role in promoting and extending the British war through the management of information surrounding chemical weapons incidents. 
as the Grey Zone has revealed, the involvement of the Bretton Gordon in the Syrian conflict dates back to at least 2013, when by his own admission he was engaged in a covert effort to smuggle soil samples out of the opposition-occupied areas. This work would have inevitably placed him in extremely close quarters with jihadist elements raking in Western funding while benefiting from NATO training and weapons. Contemporary media reports reveal the UK's MI6 was engaged in a soil and a sample gathering effort in the country at the very time the Bretton Gordon was inside Syria strongly suggesting his linkage to the Foreign Intelligence Agency. One more time. Contemporary media reports revealed the UK's MI6 was engaged in a sample-gathering effort in the country at the very time the Bretton Gordon was inside Syria, strongly suggesting his linkage to the Foreign Intelligence Agency. One article makes abundantly clear the purpose of the soil sample exercise was to push the U.S. into intervening by proving government culpability for alleged chemical weapons attacks. Other forms of evidence were also collected on the ground by Bretton Gordon and provided to a number of official investigations into chemical attacks. In at least one instance, an OPCWUN Joint Investigative Mechanism, or JIM, probed into a purported chemical strike in Tolmemes, T-A-L-M-E-M-E-S, April of 2014, videos submitted by CBRN Task Force, a shady organization the Bretton Gordon founded in Aleppo, were found to show clear signs of falsification. One more time. In at least one instance, an OPCWUN joint investigative mechanism probed into a purported chemical strike in Palmanis, April 2014, videos submitted by CBRN Task Force, a shady organization the Bretton Gordon founded in Aleppo, were found to show clear signs of falsification. On more than one occasion, however, Bretton Gordon has directly involved Western journalists in MI6's soil-gathering efforts. For instance, during a 2014 podcast interview with Wilton Park, an NGO funded by the UK Foreign Office, Bretton Gordon boasted of his responsibility for a story in the Times of London alleging a Syrian chemical attack in the town of Sheikh al-Maksud. In March of last year, there was a reported sarin attack in Sheikh al-Maskud, and I helped the Times chap called Anthony Lloyd, who very sadly got shot two weeks ago, to cover this story and tried to get samples to the UK for analysis. I won't go into the details of that, the uh, Breton Gordon recalled. Then... Prime, then Prime Minister David Cameron invoked the Sheikh al-Maskud incident to increase pressure on Damascus, citing, quote, the picture as described to me by the Joint Intelligence Committee as the basis for his assertion of a chemical attack against the town by the Syrian army. The most dangerous claims, skipping down, the most dangerous claims advanced by Ukrainian propagandists 
have been reinforced by the supposed authority of the Breton Gordon, who has argued that Russian chemical strikes were absolutely inevitable, based his prediction on his opinion that Moscow, quote, has no morals or scruples, unquote. That's a rather ironic statement under the circumstances. Continuing. The self-styled chemical weapons expert has even cautioned that Putin could deploy nuclear weapons or create a pandemic more deadly than COVID with an Ebola weapon. He has further speculated that Russian forces may unleash a deadly virus seized from one of several Pentagon-funded biolabs in Ukraine, then blame it on the U.S., in a typical media appearance on March 10th, Britain Gordon told London's LBC radio show that, quote, nothing is off the table at this stage, unquote. Among the horrors he forecast was the use of white phosphorus, quote, to set towns and cities on fire. Now, Britain Gordon has resurfaced at the center of the aggressive push for escalation with a nuclear-armed Russia. If his role in Syria is any guide, a series of cynical deceptions could be on the way. Well, yes, uh, it could. Uh, again, uh, this sort of thing is not just disturbing, but it is terrifying. And uh, in addition to the forecasts by the Bretton Gordon and the openly weaponized coverage of the BBC, which is essentially a an arm of British intelligence at this point. Uh, good old Joe Biden is uh, falling hook, line, and sinker for the debate, for the debate, I should say. Uh, there is no debate, apparently, uh, at least not, not between Joe Biden's ears. Uh, the Independent, I believe this is the London Independent of March 24th of 2022. Joe Biden says NATO would respond, quote, in kind, unquote, to Russian use of chemical weapons. This by Graham, G-R-A-E-M-E, Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E. And uh, he said, Joe Biden says that NATO would respond, quote, in kind, unquote, if Vladimir Putin used chemical weapons in Ukraine. The president spoke after a day of summits in Belgium with NATO allies, the European Union, and G7 partners. Mr. Biden was asked if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine. Would that trigger a military response from NATO? Mr. Biden replied it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross. We'd make a decision. We'd make that decision at the time. NATO has said it will provide Ukraine with equipment to protect against chemical, biological, radiological, as well as nuclear weapons. Mr. Biden said before he left on his European trip that there was a real threat, unquote, of Russia using chemical weapons. The Kremlin has previously ordered the use of chemical weapons in Syria and has poisoned critics such as Alexei Navalny and former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his brother. Uh, this is an indication of how many lies before you belong to the lie. Uh, the Russians have not used chemical weapons in Syria that can be determined. In fact, those appear to be provocations, false flag operations, with uh, Hamish to Bretton Gordon basically uh, signaling uh, and foreshadowing their appearance. Uh, as I've noted in past programs, the allegations of Russian intelligence having poisoned Alexei Navalny and the Skirpals just don't cut it. If Russian intelligence 
had wanted them dead, they would have died of ostensibly natural causes, and that would have been that. There are so many ways for a modern intelligence service to do that, and in a recent program, I chronicled just some of the means of doing so that were available for a major intelligence service 40 Dan years ago, almost a half a century ago, they undoubtedly are more sophisticated now. But these are, again, crude provocations, as was the dioxin poisoning of uh, uh, Viktor Yushchenko, by the way, married to Ekaterina Chumachenko, Ronald Reagan's former deputy director of public liaison, and a key member of the OUNB milieu in the U.S. Um one of the things that uh, I have noted in connection with uh, Vladimir Zelensky, uh, he is now uh, a media superstar, and I'm told he's now something of a heartthrob among uh, liberal women, which, once again, that, that pins the meters on my pukometer into the red. But uh, Zelensky is being cited, uh, and his Jewish heritage as proof that the well-documented uh, information about uh, the, pro- the prominent role in uh, Ukraine governance of the OUNB successor organizations and Nazis, something I have spoken about uh, at length over the period of the better part of a decade, the roughly eight years since the Maidan coup, that is being dismissed. Uh, Delaware Joe, Joe Biden, is among those who did that. Uh, Sunday, March 27th, uh, New York Times, the article, Rallying Allies, Biden says Putin cannot remain in power. Well, that is the goal uh, of the baited trap that to lure Putin into the Ukraine war. We'll see whether that happens. We'll also see if it is successful, whether a Weimar Russia gives rise to uh, a Russian fascist government uh, as part of a... Uh, Yakiite fascist Europe, uh, and of course they would have nuclear weapons, which is really something wonderful to think about. Uh, skipping down in this, while declaring a quote, the Russian people are not our enemy, unquote, Mr. Biden unleashed an angry tirade against Mr. Putin's claim that the invasion of Ukraine is intended to, quote, denazify the country. Mr. Biden called that justification a lie, unquote, noting that President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine is Jewish and that his father's family was killed in the Holocaust. It's just cynical, Mr. Biden said. He knows that, and it's also obscene. Well, as we have noted uh, in uh, past discussion, uh, Zelensky's presidential campaign was financed uh, primarily by a disgraced Ukrainian oligarch named Ihor or Igor Holomoisky, K-O-L-O-M-O-I-S-K-Y. Again, I'm pro- probably butchering the Ukrainian pronunciation and the transliteration from the Cyrillic alphabet varies. In addition to financing President Zelensky's uh, presidential bid, uh, Kolomoyske also was a major financier of the Azov Battalion. Uh, Azov's uh, National Brzezina Militia were the election monitors in that election. And Kolomoyske also is a... Let's see a major financier. In fact, he owns the television network that was the platform for boosting Volodymyr Zelensky into the public eye. 
And there is something else we should note as well. A New York Post article of March 6th of 2021. Businessmen accused of Ukraine money laundering gave millions to New York charities. This by Isabel Vincent and Kathian Bonello, B-O-N-I-E-L-L-O. I'll skip him down. Kolomoyskoy, who built his fortune during the lawless years immediately following the fall of the Soviet Union, reportedly has a controlling interest in Burisma, the Ukrainian oil and gas company which put President Biden's son Hunter on its board of directors in 2014 at a salary of $50,000 per month. Uh, by the way, Hunter Biden's... Uh, term as a director expired in 2019. I spoke about it in past programs, did not take note of that. I think it's a small point, but $50,000 a month for about five years is uh, it's about $3 million. It's a nice chunk of change. Also, uh, retiring or exiting directors are very often given uh, choice stock options in something like that. So with Holomoyskoy, we see uh, not only the chief financial backer of Zelensky's uh, presidential campaign, he controls the television network which boosted Zelensky in the prominence. He is a major funder of the Nazi Azov Battalion. He also reportedly has a controlling interest in Burisma, the Ukrainian natural gas company on which Hunter Biden had a position as board of directors. And that ain't all. A very important, really important, uh, albeit predictably spun article, uh, appeared in the Daily Mail of the UK. That is a right of center publication. Also has, you know, sort of typical British tabloid T and A side panels. They do, however, have some important articles. That's why I uh, will use them from time to time. This article does have uh, predictable spin, but it is a Blockbuster, and the implications are scary as hell. And I think that this is this dynamic was the kicker for Putin. He figured, well, we're effed if we do, and we're even more effed if we don't. Basically, uh, in this particular article, it's titled by the Daily Mail: "Exclusive Hunter Biden Bid Secure Millions in Funding for U.S. Contractor in Ukraine." specializing in deadly pathogen research, laptop emails reveal, raising more questions about the disgraced son of then-Vice President. This by Josh Boswell, B-O-S-W-E-L-L, of the Daily Mail of March 25th of 2022. A very important and scary article. Uh, there is a link to the article. Check out the emails themselves. They're reproduced there. Uh, some key excerpts. The commander of the Russian Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Protection Forces claimed there was a, quote, scheme of interaction between U.S. government agencies and Ukrainian biological objects, unquote, and pointed to the, quote, financing of such activities by structures close to the current U.S. leadership, in particular the investment fund Rosemont Seneca, which is headed by Hunter Biden, unquote. And some key excerpts of the article. Moscow's claim that Hunter Biden helped finance a U.S. military bioweapons research program in Ukraine 
is at least partially true, according to new emails obtained exclusively by the DailyMail.com. Emails one more time. Moscow's claim that Hunter Biden helped finance a U.S. military bioweapons research program in Ukraine is at least partially true, according to new emails obtained exclusively by DailyMail.com. Emails from Hunter's abandoned laptop show he helped secure millions of dollars of funding from Metabiota, that's capital M-E-T-A-B-I-O-T-A, a Department of Defense contractor specializing in research on pandemic-causing diseases that could be used as bioweapons, again. Emails from Hunter's abandoned laptop show he helped secure millions of dollars of funding from Metabiapa, a Department of Defense contractor specializing in research on pandemic-causing diseases that could be used as bioweapons. He also introduced Metabiapa to an allegedly corrupt Ukrainian gas firm, Burisma, for a, quote, science project, unquote, involving high biosecurity level labs in Ukraine. Burisma, controlled by Kolomoyska, who finances Azov Battalion, who financed uh, the uh, candidacy of Zelensky, who also finances the Azov Battalion. And again, that Burisma firm was used in part by Hunter Biden for his maneuvering around Metabiapa and some of the apparent biological weapons fronts in Ukraine. One more time. Biden also introduced Metabiota to an allegedly corrupt Ukrainian gas firm, Burisma, for a science project, unquote, involving high biosecurity level labs in Ukraine. Emails and defense contract data reviewed by DailyMail.com suggest that Hunter had a prominent role in making sure Metabiota was able to conduct its pathogen research just a few hundred miles from the border with Russia. Metabiata has worked in Ukraine for Black and Veatch, a U.S. defense contractor with deep ties to military intelligence agencies which built secure labs in Ukraine that analyzed killer diseases and bioweapons. Hunter was also particularly involved in Metabiata's operations in Ukraine. Hunter's pitches to investors claimed that they got they not only organized funding for the firm, they also helped it, quote, get new customers, unquote, including, again, quoting government agencies in the case of Metabiata. Skipping down. Former senior CIA officer Sam Fabis, F-A-B-B-I-S, who has reviewed emails on Hunter's laptop, told DailyMail.com that the offer to help assert Ukraine's independence was odd for a biotech executive. Metabiata Vice President Mary Gutieri, G-U-T-T-I-E-R-I. It raises the question, what is the real purpose of this venture, unquote? It's very odd, unquote. He said, the aforementioned Metabiata Vice President Mary Gutierrez, Gutierrez had a leading role in Metabiata's Ukraine operations, meeting with other company executives and U.S. and Ukrainian military officials in October of 2016 to discuss, note this, quote, cooperation in surveillance and prevention of especially dangerous infectious diseases, including zoonotic diseases in Ukraine and neighboring countries, unquote, according to a 2016 report by the Science 
and technology center in Ukraine. Uh, zoonotic diseases are diseases that jump from animals to man, like COVID-19, and uh, Russia is a neighboring country to Ukraine. Continuing. Four days after Gutierrez's April 2014 email, Burisma executive Vadim Pozharsky wrote to Hunter Biden revealing that the then-Vice President's son had pitched a, quote, science project, unquote, involving Burisma and Methabiata in Ukraine. As I understand, quote, as I understand, the Methabiata was a subcontract to principal contractor of the Department of Defense B&V, Black and Beach. Fadis told DailyMail.com that the attempt to get Methabiot to perform a partnership with Burisma was a perplexing and worrying revelation. His father was the vice president of the United States and in charge of relations with Ukraine. So why was Hunter not only on the board of a suspect Ukrainian gas firm, but also hooked them up with a company working on bioweapons research, Fadis said. The Department of Defense position is that, quote, this is pandemic early warning research. We don't know for sure that that's all that was going on. That's quoting uh, Sam Fabus, a senior CIA officer. Again, noting one of the uh, academic difference between offensive and defensive. Continuing, government spending records show that the Department of Defense awarded an $18.4 million contract for Methabiata between February of 2014 and November of 2016 with $307,091 earmarked for, quote, Ukraine research projects, unquote. The U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Agency also commissioned black and Beach to develop a biological safety level 3 laboratory in Odessa, Ukraine in 2010, which, quote, provided enhanced equipment and training to effectively, safely, and securely identify especially dangerous pathogens, unquote, according to a company press release. Such labs are used to, quote, study infectious agents or toxins that may be transmitted through the air and cause potentially lethal infections, unquote, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services says. In another sign of the deep ties between Methabiata and the Department of Defense, Hunter's RSTP business partner Rob Walker said he would, quote, have a friend reach out to the Department of Defense on the down low, unquote, in order to prove the company's bona fides to top prospective investors, including Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, in October of 2014. And guess who else Methabiata is involved with? Methabiata also has close ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, suspected to be the source of the COVID-19 outbreak. WIV was a hotspot for controversial game-of-function research that can create super-strength viruses. Chinese scientists performed game-of-function research, game research on coronaviruses at the WIV, working alongside a U.S.-backed organization, the EcoHealth Alliance, that has since drawn intense scrutiny over its coronavirus research since the COVID-19 pandemic. Researchers from the Wuhan Institute, Metabiaba, and EcoHealth Alliance published a study together in 2014 on infectious diseases from bats in China, which notes that tests were performed at the WIV. 
Shing Li Shi, the WIV director for the Center of Emerging Infectious Diseases, who became dubbed the bat lady, unquote, for her central role in bat coronavirus research at the lab, was a contributor to the Methabiaba and EcoHealth Alliance paper. Well, obviously this is spin and doesn't talk about the Oswald Institute of Virology analysis that I presented or the fact that uh, EcoHealth Alliance is funded primarily by Pentagon and USIB. Once uh, research has been concluded, papers are published featuring the genomes of viruses. Those viruses can then be synthesized from scratch, as the Ian Sample Guardian article from June 19th of 2018 has uh, documented. Well, we are all out of time. We will repeat this article and uh, continue with this stunning thing. I think this was what lured Putin into that trap. However, we are all out of time. This concludes for the record program number 1238. How many lies before you belong to the lie? Part 11 being recorded on April 1st of the year 2022. April Fools have fun.